Hello, this is Brian from Living in the End Times with Amos and X. As always, thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to follow us on social media. Give us a favorable rating on the podcast app of your choice, say CastBox or Podcast Republic. And most importantly, support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash endtimespodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash endtimespodcast, one word. And thank you in advance. Wasting our fucking time. Uh, it's new film. Yeah, here we are to discuss Dune 2021, the long-awaited, much-anticipated. So many ads on my Facebook feed. Much, <laughs> much maligned by me in the end, but it happened. So we have to discuss this piece of nationalistic yes, propaganda. It's obligatory conversation. It's neo-feudal uh, advertisement right. for our present. Right. Um, I was going to say, if anything, it was a pretty neat biopic for biopic uh, for American Taliban, John Walker Lind. <laughs> if yeah, you remember right, that yeah, name. Exactly. Right. It tries to be a pro-Kurdish film and ends up being a weird Zionist psychedelic odyssey. Um I guess you could kind of read Kamala. it as this strange, like, um, what did you say? Kabbalah. Yeah, right. It's like, um, it's like a reimagining of the, like the failure of the sixties, uh, because they tease, I mean, there's a lot going on here. First of all, here's why I didn't like the movie as a movie. Um, I go into it. I try not to go into these movies with expectations because I'm often let down. And when I don't have expectations, I usually I'm I, I like like it's more fun and I find new things. But like the fifth Harry Potter movie, for example, I went mm-hmm. in with no expectations. Then it's actually you know, as far as those movies go, pretty good. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> but with this one, uh, at the very least, I'm expecting the sound design to be fantastic you know we're coming off of like blade runner 2049 and obviously a lot has been said in this show about the problems with that film is a political document um and is an artistic endeavor but like the sound design and the score is fucking incredible um this was a horseshit this was flat so like i was like making going out of my making sure to see in the theater which is a fucking harrowing experience often uh, in this day and age. And I was thinking about why that is like, why is it so 
it's like pulling teeth to go to the movies now. And I think it's just because we're constantly bombarded with media. Whereas like 10, 15 years ago, it was like, and when I say constantly bombarded with media, I mean, your, your fucking phone. Um, but like now, or then it was like, oh, this is like a spectacle. Like the spectacle was sort of a trunk or um, yeah, it's just more precise word I'm looking for, but basically separated from your, you know, end to end reality. Right. Um, and so it, it was enjoyable. Now it's like, Jesus Christ, I have to fucking pay attention to this thing for two hours. Um, I will say in contrast, and I know I've been teasing this episode for a while, but we're not doing it today. But uh, when I went to see the Goonies in the theater, I mean, that wasn't that was terrifying. And mm-hmm. in, in like I was glad to be off of my phone for a couple hours um, with Dune. It was just like, yeah, well, I guess I'm not on my phone. I guess I'm riding this one out. So I, I watched the first half hour at home because you can like, you know, pirate off HBO Max or whatever. Um, and just to just to give myself a taste. So I was like. Otherwise, I was going to watch the whole thing at home and like miss out on what I hope to be a good sound design. But within the first two minutes, I knew it was going to be horrible. Listen, it was going to sound like shit. And I was right. Um, there's no... The, the other main problem is they... Villeneuve only allowed two people to act. This is my first take. Um, sorry. One was Dune Mommy. She was allowed to act. She was incredible. Rebecca, whatever. Yeah. And uh, her and Javier Bardem, but he was only the movie for 15 seconds. Right. Uh, So what the fuck? Uh, Zendaya. She she was in the movie about as much as she she was in the trailers. Um, So I appreciate (laughs) the like temp, like fucking with the audience. That's good. That's Mm -hmm. Like I like that, but um, she's incredible in uh, um, the show Euphoria. Everyone should watch Euphoria. That's like the best thing since Sharp Objects. Like that. That is a better. Like let's say call it a film. That's you know aside from like the Joker Parasite uh, pair, like probably the best thing I've seen in like three years uh is there anything else nothing's standing out but uh just for a lot of reasons it's really good um anyway so and i'm not a chalamet hater like i love timothy chalamet generally like i get why people like don't like him but i've seen him he's like really good in this stuff especially in the stuff people haven't seen like um, Dune is a remake of a 2015 film uh, called The King from Netflix, tar- starring Timothy Chalamet as the reluctant, uh, soon to be king of England, and mm-hmm. his his <clears throat> loving uh, war buddy, Joel, played by Joel Edgerton. Now, this is based on like basically two Shakespeare plays um, it, it, that are sort of like cobbled together but it's fantastic like it's so good uh and th- it's it's based on so if people remember from the bannon episode when we we're talking about that errol morris document or when i was talking about that errol morris documentary with joe um that's the film 
I think it's is it Henry the Eighth, whatever the big one is, uh, the big Henry one that people like play that Shakespeare. He's a is it Orson Welles? I don't know. Anyway, they 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 use this as like a um, they anchor Errol Morris anchors the the Bannon documentary around that film and uh, it's Twelve O'clock High, which is this crazy like World War Two movie. Um, and the, but the Henry, the eighth, like parallel is like, he's obviously trying to create, turn Bannon into like, Bannon's the sidekick to the King who no longer needs him in the end. And that's sort of like, obviously supposed to parallel like Trump or whatever. And Errol Morris tries to trap him into being like, Oh, didn't the guy get fucked over in the end? And Bannon's like, no, he, he realized that like the situation had changed and his role had like, he didn't, he wasn't needed anymore. Um, Errol Morris kind of got fucking punked in that whole movie. Like he thought he was gonna like trap Bannon, and he's just not as smart as him, which is not surprising. Anyway, uh, so but this this movie, The King, from I think 2015 or maybe it was 20, actually might have been 17 or 18. Um, Netflix didn't advertise this at all. I I just found it, and I was like, wait, Chalamet, what the fuck is this? Um, and I don't always like Joel Edgerton, but he was really good in this. It's just kind of like chubby war buddy, um, who is also like trying to rein Chalamet in from being a tyrant because Chalamet didn't, he's like resentful at having to become king, but he was a very respected warrior. Uh, and so I was talking to a friend of the pod, Scott, last night about Dune, and he pointed out that. I, I forgot this that in in early in that early scene with Jason Momoa, it really and this so I made this argument even before I remember I forgot about Jason Momoa's character. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa is the Joel Edgerton Henry the Eighth character, um, but then they fucking kill him. So like he he was allowed to act for like a minute and a half, and then like he's got to go, and then you have like this just fucking towering figures actors like josh brolin who are like totally had their balls cut off like he was just like it was like he's reading off a fucking card like this is thanos i mean this is the this is the fucking guy from no country for old men llewellyn moss (laughs) like and you're just like treating him like some goon um So, like, none of this made sense. I mean, and then you get into this weird Oedipal thing. It actually dodges the Oedipal thing because they just kill Oscar Isaac. Right. Who's also a fantastic actor, like an ex machina. But mm-hmm. here he's just, like, kind of a doofus. Um, <laughs> like, he's got no... He doesn't have a personality. It's unclear, <laughs> no. like... Right. It's also unclear what's even happening. Like, right. they kind of explain it, but you go, like, wait, what? Is a this is weird global federation and they're, they're they're spice mining but they don't understand that you can like time travel or they understand that you can time travel that the indigenous people can time travel but they're they just use it for like space travel and then like only if your mom is a witch and you're the king can you like bend space like what the fuck is that like for anybody who's not like already invested in this like universe like mm-hmm. because you're a nerd or you like like weird fucking sci-fi like darker leftist sci-fi like 
why would you take this seriously? It does, none of what happened in that movie made any sense. Right. To me. Yeah, um, no, I agree without disagreeing with you. That was my assumption was, Oh, you know, I haven't read the book. I'm there must, there must be stuff. I'm just not understanding in this universe. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, your point is well taken that, well, then that's a filmmaker's job to make it coherent uh, <laughs> and to, and to make something engaging out of it. And I, I don't know that he totally hit the mark there, even no. at, at that scale. So, I, I mean, and then they're like, okay, they have this weird body armor that's still mm-hmm. pierceable if you just move slowly, which right. kind of doesn't make sense. It's like, can't you just, don't you have better tech? To, like, why is that possible? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, and there's no way to not, I think the problem, the other problem here, it, just at, at, at the basic level is like, there's no, nobody's, no nerd worth their sand is not going to compare this to David Lynch's right. Dune from 84, which is, you know, people would argue is like a failure and like Lynch lost control of literally lost creative control of it. So in the end, so like, you know, it's a problem, but like, I'm kind of with Zizek where he says the true Lynch are the supposedly bad ones, like uh, Dune and Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, that's the real Lynch. Like, w- which, I think, you know, taking that like a step further, sort of, or just extrapolating from that. I mean, um, to me, Firewalk with Me is the best film ever made, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Um, but the the reason is because, like, if you watch Mulholland Drive, which I had I did watch again recently, and people say, "Oh, this is his masterpiece." I'm sorry, but like, it's great, but it's boring. Like. Mm-hmm. It's not actually that crazy. Firewalk with me is like orders of magnitude more mind bending and terrifying yeah. uh, and, and tam- tampers with temporality in ways that I've never I've almost never seen otherwise in film. Dune is dark and dirty and weird and mm. an, a true nightmare, you know, experience, even though it seems sort of schlocky and, and you know, underproduced yeah. in a way. Um, this is just literally masturbatory, like with a lot of stars, yeah, who just get killed off. (laughs) It's like, why is this happening? Like, they don't even really like it would have made sense to kill off Oscar Isaac in the third act after you like give a shit about him, but they're Mm -hmm. just killing people left and right, and nobody has any like, uh, you don't have any connection. There's there's not been enough screen time for you to give a shit right right well like what are we fucking talking about here um like i i just i'm i'm truly lost like i'm not i'm and so anyway this is his worst movie because there's nothing going on this sounds horrible it looks kind of cool but even there i feel like it was just phoned in like Mm -hmm. somebody said like somebody's like not invested in this on the left who's not invested in this universe she said like how is this not just some low rent star wars and i think the dune itself is not but this is yeah like i think that's a pretty fair criticism and when i say low rent star wars i mean from the this the the prequel trilogy like that's how this this did feel like i think somebody already made this point somewhere but it did feel like the phantom menace yeah um except at least with the Phantom Menace, it's weird. This isn't even weird. 
it's supposed to be fucking weird. Like the other thing it should be read against is I, I doubt well, you tell me, but I doubt you've seen this. There's a documentary called Jorodowski's Dune. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jorodowski's is super weird, like filmmaker from the 70s, is Spanish guy. And he's like, it's all like truly like psychedelic and fucking surrealist. And he had all these drawings. He was going to make a version of Dune back then if he could have got the money, but no one would let him make it. And so there's a book that was published showing, and it looks incredible. Like it's just spectacular at every level. Um, That's the Dune that Villeneuve should have made or just handed off to somebody who could do it um, instead of this dog shit. Like, you know, you, you see it and then you think like, I don't know the first couple, the first, two acts you know assuming a sort of a three-act structure here like you're like okay this is going to become like he's going to become some rebel and like he's you know whatever and and they kind of push in this direction he's going to unify the fucking universe and all this or whatever um kind of complete what his dad couldn't pull off because he's like a he's a witch he's a warlock or whatever a witch doctor now because his mom trained him to be Mm -hmm. um also, by the way, that scene where she's like, put your hand in the box, and then he's like, he, she's testing his pain tolerance and if he's going to act on his impulses or whatever. And it's just like, you have a knife to his throat. I don't know what you think he's going to do, like try to kill you. Like, um, the so, so that wasn't even, they didn't spend enough time making that scary. It yeah. was like, the whole thing was like exposition. It wasn't like, like what you're supposed to do with a psychedelic desert intergalactic like shit show is you're supposed to like focus on the weird worms and um get in the mind of the 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 hallucinations and like how it bends time and space and reality and all that stuff again they did none of this Mm -hmm. all they did was give him these dreams where he you know saw zenodiah and like you see these like these desert people who are supposed to, I assume, or actors living Stellan Skarsgård. You don't even give him any fucking lines and he kill him. He's a big weird worm guy. And he doesn't even look scary or like creepy. I got kind of a pair Ubu vibe off of that guy. It's like, what the f- Yeah, which that's good. But like, again, they didn't push it far enough. Right. Um, yeah, and the only, again, I'm taking solace, and this is way too charitable of me, but I'm hoping that there's all of these things you described are corrected, as it were, in the, mm. in part two or three or whatever it ends up being. But mm. I I mean, I don't know. I, you know. To your point about bending space-time and the hallucination, because we know this director can do that. He did it in Arrival, you know, masterfully and in other places as well. So what happened here? Was it a studio thing? Was it a budget thing? I mean, I don't know, but it just it um it it didn't live up to what you know we know this director is capable of and that's that's frustrating again i agree with you it was i thought this watching it oh they're hanging out on tatooine and the father died i mean this is it's just kind of first uh, with the goofy politics it don't make sense it's like the first star wars trilogy all thrown into one um you know when we saw it, we've seen that and it wasn't that good right i'll put it this way and i mean this as negatively as possible this is villeneuve's by far his most Canadian film. And, and, and that's, I'm saying that from the perspective of there are certain Canadian filmmakers like him 
before this that I love, like Cronenberg, mm-hmm. like these mm-hmm. Toronto weirdos. Toronto's a very weird city. Like it's to me, it always the sense I get is very futuristic mm-hmm. because it kind of exists outside of geopolitics, but it's very hyper modern and it's kind of like I wouldn't say it's like New York, but you know, it, it's it is like the met the real metropolitan part of Canada. Um or like even Jay Barakel, the comedic actor who directed and wrote Goon, that fantastic mm-hmm. hockey film, Jewish hockey film, mm-hmm. um, or Jay Barakel's other spectacular performance in the Trotsky about like how revolutionary, um, how you can spark a revolution when it seems like a joke to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that defies all like it, it far outperforms itself in a way you know and but like when i say this is the most canadian movie i've ever seen it's like there's no edge to it at all in the end Mm -hmm. and i i just like i'm just baffled it's not even that i want answers it's just like i and i don't to your point like i don't think it was a studio thing like scott said that um in the middle of production, Villeneuve was like, this has to be two movies. He basically told the studio to fuck off. He's like, we're making part one. And they're like, well, we only give you money to make one. So, like, if it had failed, then uh, he, you know, that was this is all we would have got. So he uh-huh. took a, a risk there, but, you know, made enough money that they they uh, greenlit the second one, which it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Make fucking Justice League dark part seven right 15 hour Zack snyder um you know horny jail odyssey which i don't know those are those are at least weird i'll give them that I mean, it's right. not a good movie but it's, it's fun it's it's a remake of a kevin smith movie um all of his movies are which is fun very funny at least all these superhero ones um i don't know if i made that pitch on the pod but basically if you watch batman superman it's just like a remake of chasing amy oh <laughs> i didn't see it it's it's i i watched it during the pandemic when my mind was you know turning to mush and i was just like well let's get real weird like and then justice league snyder cut is um a sort of a combination of jersey girl and uh dogma mm. and i so i was making this point privately to like friend of the pod joe and other people and then it, it my point was proven during you know and i put this on the internet and some people like we're down with it. So they got it. They thought it was funny. But then when they premiered the Snyder cut, the justice league Snyder cut, who did they have interview? Uh, Zack Snyder, but Kevin Smith himself. Mm-hmm. So the studio is literally like, just go remake, go pick a Kevin Smith script or two and just mash sure. it up. Um, anyway. So, you know, the, it, like <clears throat> now, okay. So all that, that's why the movie sucks. Um, what's sort of weird and interesting about it is like at the political level, like the ostensible stories, like what I said, oh, you think you're, you think you're in love with the Kurds and then you find out that they're just, you know, Israelites, uh, or not Israelites, Israeli IDF soldiers. Uh, so that sucks. But then, um, what I think is happening is this weird, it, it is sort of an expository version of neoliberal neo-feudalism like the reason like so 
So reading Villeneuve in the worst possible way, the reason he didn't make the Jordowski version of this is because he needed to map out how boring neoliberal neo-feudalism is and how boring it's going to be forever. Um, like, I think what, what I'm noticing, you know, we're, we're sort of time traveling anyway, because things are changing so rapidly in a bad direction. Um, like, I think we're back, you know, before it was like two years ago, it was like, oh, the 90s, let's bring back the 90s. Now it's like the 70s are back um, where you have the because <laughs> what happened in the 70s, you had basically the collapse of the monetary system. And so they pulled Nixon, pulled us off the gold standard and then created a fiat system, which is now like as Max Kaiser always talks about, it's a Ponzi scheme, literally. And you can't, you can't taper a Ponzi scheme. You just have to keep accelerating the money printing and stuff. And so, but as we know, uh, during the plague, like the, as we talked about on a previous episode, the, the, what happened effectively was what I said would happen, which is like, does Mitch McConnell realize he's signing off on the biggest strike fund in American history? The, the thing that I didn't see is that it would just prove to people that like, oh, they could do this at any time and they're not. So then people are like, well, I'm not going to keep working these shit jobs for no fucking money. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing even like somebody I know who's like by no means a left wing person, but not an idiot and not like a total reactionary. He's like been a plumber for 20 years and he's like, I'm considering just leaving the industry because like he's like my daughter's making she started she's like 19 or 18 she started like i don't know if it's fast food or something like that but like making 18 dollars an hour he's like they're not paying us to do this work you know at the level that makes sense it's like what's the fucking point and you know the reason that people aren't working to the degree that that's even true is again this is more of a lockout situation this is a capital strike combined with like a general labor strike in a way de facto kind of like or um ad hoc in a way um but that's more like the 70s where you just have a capital crisis and then you have an oil shortage because of just crazy inflationary stuff and moves by the Saudis to like, you know, fuck with us and whatever. And, you know, that's where we're at. We're at exploding gas prices. And then we're being told that inflation isn't happening. Oh, okay. When's the last time you tried to buy a fucking steak? When's the last time you tried to buy a piece of chicken? Uh, like, I'm literally being told by like... <laughs> This is ongoing debate. Someone about telling me inflation. Oh, this is only temporary. It's temporary. Okay, the double gas prices in in California is that temporary? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, gas price. I mean, you compare it to like March twenty twenty. It's like three, four times as much. Um, granted, that was the low point with all this weird stuff happening, but still, it's like we're still thirty to forty to fifty percent higher than uh, last summer. In uh, or last fall or whatever so like um inflation is very real and it's very scary uh but even in spite of that people are like well why should i fucking work if i have to pay all this money for childcare that i can't afford Mm -hmm. or you know like to get treated like shit like and not get compensated it's not it's literally not even worth it so um that to me is like the 70s where you have like you just have a constellation of 
um, fiscal disasters combined with like, you know, in the wake of large scale social unrest um, uh-huh. out of the sixties, continuing into the seventies. And now what sucks is that that's not producing great art. Like the seventies, you have this, ex- you have the first time that the American society has like been sort of secularized um meeting uh sort of old industrial prohibition uh, industrial era um edipal prohibitions are gone and you had this explosion of like like you had like that's why everybody's obsessed with movies from the 70s because they could just do such crazy shit right right people liked it you can get away with it um that's not happening now we're having like more there's more like stuff being put on film than ever and i'm not talking about youtube or whatever i'm saying like there's a million shows mm-hmm. you know there's there are still movies coming out all the time they're horrible generally but they are producing them um but like to me dune is if dune is a sign from the future it's just this is going to be boring like this <laughs> The apocalypse is going to be fucking boring. <laughs> right. Um, With a whimper, not a bang. <laughs> Just extending that metaphor that I'd say the, you know, we could read, I uh, forget the name, not the heart. Was it the Harkonnens? The bald dude, right? The big fat bald dude. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming out of the, the vat of oil or whatever. Uh, that's, that's like Foucault, right? So he's like Foucault oh, of the future, yeah. right? And that's what it's, that's what the neoliberal economy has, has brought us to is this big, like corpulent, <laughs> Michel Foucault was like lounging in a bathtub. Transhuman. And, yeah, he's got right. those like, things on his back that I yeah. assume like plug in. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Well, that's yeah, where we're headed. There's like a, oh, fuck. That's a good point. I was thinking about the, the Foucault angle. Um, well, I guess it was, it's like related to what we talked about in our Foucault episode yeah. where it's like kid fucking is like the last, like, that's where this sort of thing lands, but the, but more to the point of like Foucault being um, the harbinger intentionally of, he was calling for neoliberal economics, which no one in the humanities wants to touch that, you know, except maybe literally you. Um, And that's where like, that's where the rubber meets the road. So like, yeah, this sort of, I mean, isn't Trump also, I mean, if we just want to like move in this direction, like, first of all, we at the show deeply and sincerely miss Donald Trump in his presence in our lives and in our hearts. But isn't Trump like the Foucauldian guy, like where it's like, Oh, take all the rules off. Let's get weird. Like let's, Mm -hmm. let's express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Let's be a sex predator. The golden shower. Get a, yeah. And get elected president of the United. <laughs> right. Well, that was faked, but yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Might as well be. In the public eye, it's real. So right. yeah. Um, but like the you know, so you have this strange thing of like d- defeat and victory, if you will, you know, and I'm not I'm not on Foucault's team anyway, but it's more like the victory of the cia i guess um but like what i mean is like baudrillard's whole like fear was so you have like he's supposedly like the right wing 
uh, French guy, you know, of, of the seventies and eighties. And then Foucault's like the the liberal or left-wing guy. And it's like Baudrillard's fantasy that like, Oh, the simulacra will like um, just take over, you know, where we live in now this image base. So it's sort of like this Debordian kind of society, the spectacle thing, but with, but like on, you know, iced out of any thing interesting as a response. Um, but then in the end, you see that like the, the outcome of all this media, like social reproduction, that's just empty and vapid and like, like basically just fake is that you have the return of the repressed of like this, like gruesome um, monstrosity in the form of this Foucauldian identity politics coupled with Trump, because like the thing about, like, I realized, for example, like Tim Dillon's obviously the, the great uh, commentator and expositor of like what happened to comedy, because as Glenn Greenwald was said, he's like, Oh, I heard you. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize people are funny anymore. Um, But Tim Dillon was saying that like, he he was just talking about how like we, we, he's like, what, what stand-up used to be or whatever, what, you know, we should stop calling it comedy. We should stop talking about what we're trying to do as comedy because comedy has become like a way to score points, like as an identity politics person, like to, you know, Oh, I have a stand-up special, but it's not funny. Like it, it really, I mean, even the Chappelle stuff, like, like Chappelle's like a reactionary and kind of pathetic in the end, um, it passed his prime and all that. And you know, people still say he's the greatest of all time. I think that's a little bit strong at this point, but whatever. Um, he, because if you go back and watch Chappelle's show, like the only shit that is funny, you know, like on the first episode is the, the black white supremacist thing is still like fucking gut busting, but everything else is so dated and awful. I mean, it's a sketch show. Like, you know, it's probably going to, some of it's going to be embarrassing, but like all of it's embarrassing almost, except for that stuff where he really goes, goes hard. Um, but what I realized is like, cause it's very odd to have stand-up comedy be like this field of ideological struggle, like openly mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, now we have to only have trans black women comedians for us to be like, like, justifiable to the liberal intelligentsia which is so stupid because stand-up was always like tim dylan's always like we're just clowns we're paid clowns like quit you know why can it just be funny like why does it have to be this like you know overwrought like bullshit and i realized why it's the it's the point that zizek made on red scare about trump which is like the reason they could never dunk on trump like in all this like political comedy shows sort of collapsed in during the Trump era is because Trump is just funnier than them. Like, and so literally what I think happened is that these people are so infantile and pathetic that the left goes, the quote unquote left, the ID, ID poll CIA left goes, Oh, Trump, people think Trump's funny. Well, now I'm going to make my, I'm going to turn comedy into politics, which is always going to fail. First of all, like, like I watched this clip of Tim Dillon on Rogan. It just came up on Facebook and he was, he was talking about Trump and he's like, (laughs) Tim Dillon's like, isn't it amazing to like, like, regardless of what you think of Trump or whatever, like to be able to go on stage with no prepared, prepared material and crush for an hour or for hours on end over and over again. Like, and that's what the liberals can't stomach is that again like just like Zizek had made this point with Sarah Palin 
like Sarah Palin outdid the feminists by being a more powerful woman and not being an embarrassment like Hillary Clinton, that people were like myself included, incredibly horny for. And like, like she was sexy and she's funny. I mean, she's, you know, kind of nuts, but like, isn't that what you want in a right wing lunatic? Like you want them a little crazy. Um, just as I meaning as a public figure. And so like the, the Trump did the same thing, but he took all of it. And this is what the best commentary on Trump's victory that I saw was when Azalea Banks, who is like a pariah in the um, like sort of polite society of like um, left wing people who give a shit about popular music. She was like, Trump did it. He 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 beat them all. He won the media. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I've talked about on the show at length, like he realized that it was reality TV before anybody else. And that's why he won. And he would have won again if he didn't get COVID. That's just him being a dumb fuck. Um, what he should have been doing is taking ivermectin and then he wouldn't have got sick. <laughs> Uh, which is the theory of why Africa is not getting fucked up because they take, because ivermectin is widely prescribed because it's, it's used to treat um, tropical parasites and stuff. And so they think that it's, it's basically like an actual prophylactic against, uh, against COVID, which is funny because, you know, these lunatics think it's a horse dewormer, even though the guy who invented it won a Nobel prize for met human medicine uh, in 2015 for inventing it or f discovering it. Anyway, what I'm saying is uh, Trump, <clears throat> Trump is like this Foucauldine like figure of like, you know, dispensing with, of being a total individual mm -hmm. and dispensing completely with any notion of like, collectivity it says trump inhabit he just goes further than these pussy liberals are willing to go and just not truly not give a shit about what anybody thinks at any point you know at least in public yeah. i mean privately like you know we know that trump was handcuffed by like he's like like putin said in his interview with oliver stone when stone's like well Stone's just playing the rube kind of, and he's because this is for an American audience. And he's like, Well, are you worried that they're always attacking you and stuff? And he's like, No, they call me and they privately are like, just ignore that. This is all show for the election. Um, but he was asking, like, do you think Trump will change things? And he's like, There's just too much bureaucracy in America. It's it's like here, like you, there's only so much you can do. And he was right. So I'm not saying that this is some political earthquake, I'm just saying. Trump is outplaying these people on their own terrain. And that's why he won because you can't get rid of, you can't like fuck people over economically for 50 years and expect them to keep swallowing shit forever. The, there's going to be a reaction and the reaction mm -hmm. is very high, highly predictable. What I don't buy is the Chris Hedges fatalism of the next Republican that wins is going to be a real fascist and he's going to be he's going to be more effective than Trump. No, I'm first of all, who? Tom Cotton. Nobody's wearing a Tom Cotton shirt. Um the Republican Party is a bunch of fucking lunatic losers who are probably closet cases. <laughs> like there's nobody who has any of the punch that Trump does. Mm -hmm. And like anywhere near like I mean maybe what 
even Tucker Carlson, like he's fun to listen to kind of, and he's kind of a firebrand, but like, he's not good. He can't be president. Like he wouldn't, he himself knows like his job is to sit there and be a dipshit, like, you know, and kind of be provocative. Like he's, he is a populist. Uh, and he does sound more left-wing than most of the left at this point on, on economic issues. But, like, you can't have – I mean, to be, like, to be able to, like, do what Trump did, you need to – like, I really I, – I do miss Trump because it's just fun. But, like, also it's, like, nobody – like, take this Rittenhouse debacle. Like, from whatever angle, it's just a complete disaster. Um you know, no, no matter what the, the verdict is or what, you know, we can't get, there's no justice in this justice system. That's not where you're going to find any sort of redemption, obviously, but like, <clears throat> um, <laughs> like Trump would, just, <laughs> I just want to hear what Trump would say about it. Cause he'd be the only one to wring any comedy out of it. And uh, because it's all a fiasco and I'm not saying what Rittenhouse did is funny. I'm saying, we're in a spiral of collapse and like the right is too scared to say anything about like defending Rittenhouse, even though they want to. So they just like, they just fall on these old canards like they did with Michael Brown about like, Oh, what was he doing there? And why would these guys, you know, and it's just this cowardly cynical bullshit. Um, but what I'm saying is like, if that's your hero of the far right, like nobody has the balls to even defend him. So it's like, who, who the fuck could rise to the occasion now? Joe Biden himself is obviously, you know, has lost his mind. He's literally shitting his pants on the world stage, literally. Um, like, you know, like an old, like infirm, senile man. And that's fine. That's who he is. Like, you know, we are people just need to accept. That's who we know, deserve. We definitely deserve it. Absolutely. But like people just need to get with the program and realize and fuck Alex Jones has made this point, but it's just so obvious that like, this is, we are in late stage Soviet collapse. This is exactly what happened at the end of the Soviet union. You had a succession of literally demented, like uh, leaders who didn't know where they were. Like Alex Jones is like, this is Boris Yeltsin. No, Boris Yeltsin had a little more on the fucking ball than Joe Biden. He might've been drunk the whole time, but Hey, at least he had the stones to send tanks in to shoot at the parliament. Like that's crazy, but it's at least very funny. Um, Biden does not have it that together. He's the guys that came before Yeltsin. Yeltsin was just a Western fucking puppet anyway. Um, Clinton was like pulling all his strings and then, you know, whatever that's, that's a disaster in its own. But like, the the late stage and i'm not talking about gorbachev i'm talking about what came after gorbachev mm -hmm. um like these people like you see footage of them or maybe it was also even before gorbachev a little bit but like they were they like didn't know where they were and that's who joe biden is and so it's just unfortunate that like also like all this fear of first of all vaccinating children is insane i mean do what you got to do i guess but like if you look at the actual studies, they have no risk for anything. Like they have a lower risk. Like the risk is so low, they literally can't quantify it. Um, but we're being told that if you don't vaccinate your children, like you're going to kill everyone. And it's like these boosters, 
I saw a post today that said if you have a Johnson and Johnson shot, <laughs> they said you can get a booster if you've had a Pfizer shot, if it's been six months since your last Pfizer shot or two months since your last Johnson Johnson shot. The trajectory of this is they literally it's going to be a cartoon. It's going to be, yeah. again, Ned Flanders in power, forcing you to smile to get your social credit score up and then injecting you <laughs> like every week like i i hate this i'm not anti-vax like if you have if you have preconditions if you're obese if you're old whatever you should get it because it will protect you but these people who are out on the internet screaming at each other about like you have to get this or you're going to kill people if you yourself have the vaccine then that protects you right so what the fuck do you care and then they'll say well those people spread it more no the 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 numbers are in whether you're vaccinated or not, you spread it at basically the same rate. And they're finding some vaccinated populations spread it more. So, like, <clears throat> that's not happening. Um, but, like, I, I'm sort of I'm, I'm, I'm establishing this mainly because even the terror around, like, oh, they're going to have vaccine passports and they're going to restrict your movement and they're going to enforce a social credit score. They absolutely want to do that. But I really don't think they even have the power to make that work anymore because things are so fucked up. That would be like at the end of the Soviet Union if they were like, now we're going to get really authoritarian. It just won't work. Like it's it, it's unfortunately the, the, the right wing, you know, what who people who are called conspiracists, but I would just say they're kind of just libertarians. Um there are right in a lot of ways that these things are like dangerous trends, but I don't think that the state has the power to enforce it. Like they're giving the state too much credit is the, is the problem. Like as far as like how much power they actually have, as we've seen, the state can't do anything. They can't get the fucking trucks. Uh, they can't unload shipping containers full of goods and food. <laughs> like we're not in a situation where things are working well and they're just, seizing an opportunity i mean who who are these people pulling the strings joe biden like again shitting himself on stage doesn't know where he is kamala harris she's an idiot she's a fucking cop like what offends me about like cop shows i've been thinking about this is like they try to paint these cops sometimes as like these intellectuals and it's like they literally won't hire people if they score too high on intelligence tests in police departments so like that's not and I get it's propaganda, but I'm saying like it's so cynical. It's like that's not how police work in America. Um, so what I'm saying is the situation is much worse than it's being sold to us, even by the people who are seen as extremists. Um, the vaccine stuff is just like really a literal clown show where it's just Pfizer and Moderna and Bill Gates and all these people just profiteering at the end of history. And it's like that. It, even if let, let's say the worst version of like the right wing fears about what the vaccines will do to people is true. Like that's not the worst problem that we're going to have. Like the problem is the economy's done and then no one's offering a solution. You know, this goes back to what I was saying in like April, 2020 or whenever I was like, the politicians don't know how to do anything, but steal money. So they're treating this like it's just another opportunity to steal money. And it's going to blow everything up. And that's what happened. So um, the problem is like, what's there to replace? This is the, always the problem, but the problem here specifically is what's there to replace it and what's going to replace it. 
is boring neo-feudal dune bullshit like nobody has a personality you have these cretins like sitting in their own ooze like you know i i i I take your Foucault thing and you know, that's true, but it's also like, that's just Sheldon Adelson, you know, like he's stewing in his own juices. Yeah. Poison. Cause apparently he's too stupid to realize like what's going on in front of him, which is entirely pot. This is Roger Ailes or fucking Weinstein, like with their like non-functioning weird looking dicks, um, f- like sexually assaulting their, the talent that they hire, you know, it's just like, I mean, it's a it's a it's a true monstrosity, but it's it's right. just a clown show. Like these people aren't like they're not even good at being cretins. Like if of obviously everyone was afraid to say anything about Weinstein, but it's also like you look at that and in retrospect, like Elijah Wood was like he he talked started talking shit about Weinstein. He goes fuck him, he's in jail, like he's gone, and it's like. That's how scared you people are this pathetic that you sat there for 20 years tiptoeing around this dipshit because you were afraid of losing your job. Like, first of all, if you're Tom Cruise and you start talking shit about Weinstein openly, you're still going to get hired. People still want to see fucking Mission Impossible movies like these people are all just corrupt and pathetic. You know, so again, like I'm sympathetic to the right wingers who are like Hollywood's full of satanic pedophiles. Well, for sure it is. But like. Also, these people just on their own terms ethically are pathetic individuals and have no fucking backbone. And we shouldn't rely on actors to have scruples. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, this is who everybody idolizes and fantasizes about being. And it's like you're just fantasizing about um, being fucked in a different way. So it's still all feudalism in the end. And it's so boring. Like like the end of the road is these like TikTok stars or whatever, who some, someone showed me some footage of a local guy who became a TikTok star in, you know, went to California and I'm watching this. I'm like, who is this for? Like, they're not, do- they're dancing. Yeah. And it, I can't tell if it's supposed to be ironic or not. Their audience is like 13 year old girls who are in love with them. And then the girls like, they're like, you're the only thing that gives me hope. Like I want to kill myself. And it's like, wait, what kind of society have we created here? Like, I'm not blaming the TikTok stars. Get your fucking bag. Like, good for you. But like, it's not even that it's just vapid, which it is. It's that I literally can't understand it. And it's not just because I'm old, which maybe I am. It's because there's nothing to under. It's just nihilistic, I guess. Like Tim Dillon was saying, these Zoomers are very nihilistic. Uh, In in a sense, that's very true. But they they have good reason to be nihilistic, I think is the point. So then it's like, um, you know, again, the 70s was a very nihilistic time as well. Um, that was part of the the allure, I think, in a sense, is like, but at least in the 70s, you could get away with like things being dirty and weird. And like, you know, if you go to New York, like maybe you're gonna get stabbed, but you can smoke fucking crack on the subway or whatever, like or whatever, do heroin and nobody's like following, you know, nobody cares. But now it's like, oh, you get arrested for everything. And it's like nihilism plus authoritarianism. It's not good. Like <laughs> that's not wh- who, who is invested in that, you know, continuing. And so that's why I think you get these weird, like capital um, capital slash labor strikes at the same time where it's like there, nobody knows where this is headed because um, nobody's even offering anything. No one's promising you a future. Like 
we are in this and that's you know the punk thing the johnny rotten thing like no future like truly no future right right uh so anyway yeah no that's where we're at um so maybe that brings us to, <laughs> i don't know if this is a wrap-up or not but that brings us full circle back to dune where uh, we you know, maybe we could reassess and denis Villeneuve uh, gets uh, credit for sort of not only his film is the product of neoliberal economics itself and neoliberalism, but it also shows the effect in the most um, the most articulate, beautiful way we've seen. Right, that's the future. Right, it's um, you know we should sort of recognize that that's what he was perhaps trying to do. And it's just people walking around in the desert at the end, and there's no and it doesn't end, and it's not fun, and it's boring, and that's right good for him. Like he showed us that, and maybe that was the intent all the time. I don't know, but. Right. Like, yeah. So, and this is, ha it's happening. Like it, it, it's like, even for me, like I microdose psychedelics today, like, okay, that gives me some serotonin boost and it helps to treat my PTSD and that's all well and good, but it's not like I'm out there having fun. Like we're, st it's like that, the memes that have been going around about like, uh, where like somebody's in a car, like crying and they're like, they're like, um, it's just about how bad the apocalypse is because we keep ha we still have to go to work <laughs> like so it's like everyone's on psychedelics or on um much scarier chemicals like benzodiazepines or fucking antidepressants but they're you know they're not having a good time like no one in human history has ever been this fucked up as a as a society like meaning medicated psychotropically ever they can't be at this scale um except you know maybe the last days of rome or like the end of the fucking third reich or something but um all that or oh, well i guess maybe we're in this sense we are like russia in the 90s where everyone's uh -huh. just like drunk and wants to kill themselves um but it's like that's what happens in doing it's like oh you're breathing in all this psychedelic dust all the time and uh it's yeah, sure, you can see in the future, but you're still wandering around in the desert, living in a fucking cave, uh, making deals with sandworms so you can eat and like don't get killed. Like, that's not great. I mean, like, <laughs> what, why, why, why keep showing up for this? That's the thing that I don't, um, like, I both, I mean, I've talked about it a million times here, but. I both understand I, I empathize with it and I don't understand it at all. Like I empathize with the fact that like people have no choice and they're so we've been, we're so poor in relative terms. It's getting worse because of inflation um, that we can't stop. But at the same time, like no one that I know, unless you're like very sort of cocooned from all this by your, you know, economic, privilege or you know i don't like the word privilege but like you're, you're better off economically you're you're upper middle class enough where you just don't have to care as much um but those people aren't having fun either they just aren't you know running out of money yet uh completely but like no one's having a good time right <laughs> like and no one has any hope for the future and that's been going on since before the pandemics to, to a degree, mm -hmm. but it's very much amplified now. And I, you know, I, I had a conversation with someone a few months or back. I, I don't know when was it probably during the plague or something, but I, I was just noting that like, I think the reason people are so obsessed with working out now, um, everyone, I mean, like, you know, I I've, I've been going to the gym for 
since 2011 or 12. So like almost a decade. So I've seen like different trends come and go and stuff, but like never before have I seen this many like high school kids, like obsessed with getting strong and all this stuff. And um, like every, it's like every college kid, pretty much like college is when you're supposed to like be getting drunk and like fucking and stuff. And like, now it's like people become these like losers, you know, everybody, like they're just like at the gym and like whatever. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying being at the gym makes you a loser per se. It might suggest it, but um, you know, if you're under 30 and you're that committed, like, Hey, shouldn't you be having fun? Like, you don't need to be counting mac macros like we're here because we're old and we don't want to like stave off death a little bit i think is the point of you know getting whatever healthy or strong in your 30s but um like there's no there's this is the worst decadence i've ever seen basically but there but anyway the reason i think people get so fixated on the gym is because it's the last fucking frontier of where you can put in work and get results left because in neoliberalism if you work hard nothing changes right um almost without exception unless you're dennis villeneuve um but again he's sort of he caught the last wave of like being a hollywood guy and that's done i mean that this is it like I mean, maybe Dune is just the last Hollywood movie, you know, ever or something. Um, but like the oh, the like Tim Dillon said, and other people have noted, or Zizek was saying, like, there's no the more you have all this porn, but there's no nobody's having sex, you know. So it's like, how do you have the fall of Rome and nobody's fucking? Like, what what's the again? What's the point? What's the point of decadence if it's no fun for anybody? It's like it's people just spying on each other and like like taking videos of themselves to talk about how much they're crushing it. And then they want to kill themselves the more they participate in. It. Like it's not uh, again, it's not good, but it's not like I don't even know what the draw is, except you just feel like you have nothing else. Um, and hopefully I'm kind of wrong but I don't think that I am like, I don't see much else going on except this stuff that we're describing. Um, Cause even like, obviously people's interpersonal relationships are completely mediated by social media. Like I've said for years that reality's become a forum Facebook now. Um, and that's, and now Mark Zuckerberg at the autistic moron that he is uh, nefarious he literally wants to make all of reality Facebook now, which who's that going to appeal to? Oh, but I, here's another terrifying trend. Th this is where I think the real problem lies. Like the actual authoritarianism. Um, I think, I just think the right wing has it wrong. I don't think we're going to get the social credit score via this vaccine stuff because people are, people are shutting down whole industries without even being organized because they're like, fuck you, which is great. Um, the real way they're going to do it is through the McDonald's app. And what I mean by that is, so I hadn't been to McDonald's in years, but then my friend got me hooked on the, the fries again. He's, you know, he wasn't trying to ruin my life, but he did. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I go there and I'm like, okay, I'll go, I'll go to one fast food place 
get some stuff and then I'll go to get fries at McDonald's, you know, honest American activities. I go there, a large fries, $3. And I'm like baffled. I download the app. The fries are, you get a one large fry for a dollar every day. Okay. Then, so then I'm like, all right, well, fine. I'll do that. Or like buy a $1 worth of food and get a free large fry. Okay, fine. I'll buy some sweet tea. That's nice. If I was, and then, but then like every day they give you different deals on top, but like, you know, options, 10 chicken McNuggets for free with like a $1 purchase. Okay. Well, chicken McNuggets. Now the sticker price for chicken McNuggets is 10 for $4 and 89 cents, <laughs> which is insane. Like chicken nuggets are made of garbage. They're delightful, <laughs> but I know that I'm ruining my life eating right. them. I accept that. Um, and they have like a fancy chicken sandwich, like the Popeye's one that people were literally shooting each other over a couple years ago. And it's pretty good. Buy one, get one free. So I get two delight, delicious, huge chicken sandwiches for $4 and 29 cents. If I were to pay f- out of pocket, that would be like $9. That's not sustained. This is McDonald's. It's supposed to be cheap garbage. Um, that's how they're going to get people to adopt this is you download the app for whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever business or whatever, you're literally getting almost free food or food that is reflecting at a price that it probably should be priced at. So long as you hand over all your data and you let them track what you're doing, Mm -hmm. this is how, and it's genius. Like that's a really good way to get Americans to adopt this. Cause in China, they'll just be like, you don't get access to your money. Well, if they did that in America, everyone would go like show up to the bank with guns um, as they should. Uh, but in America, you can't do that. So all they'll do is they'll just manipulate the prices and force you to like adopt this. It's not even that slowly, but like over time. Yeah. Um, that's the dark trend that people aren't paying attention to. And that's how they're ultimately going to, if they're able to dominate us. But again, I think this is going to be sort of like a thing where um, like the world will be on fire and they'll be trying to enforce authoritarianism with nothing to back it up. And it'll just be like a, it'll just be a joke kind of. Um, But in the meantime, like there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering, like that's guaranteed. So, you know, like I, I don't, again, I, after they weren't afraid of the pitchforks last August, I, uh, you know, as I said on the show, stop trying to make predictions because it's too, if they won't respond to pressure, then I don't know what you're going to, I don't know what the, the leverage has to become much more destructive and violent um, for it to work. And I'm, I don't want that, but that's just the math. So um, yeah, I just can't, the other, the other scary thing is like, when I think about the future, the only thing I can literally imagine is like a post-apocalyptic wasteland where I'm like, oh, I should, oh, I could look, I could grow my own food and like whatever, when, you know, I'm, well, someone's keeping guard and like shooting, uh, shooting in, invaders in the like de facto city wall around the neighborhood. That's like, you know, and I, like it's, that's the best case scenario that like, I literally can't imagine some placid pastoral future. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't my mind cannot conjure it. Um, you know, I guess unless somehow I became a billionaire, but like, 
the clock maybe has run out, not because, not for lack of determination or even ability to like, maybe if I was committed to be ruthless enough, like figure out some hustle to get there, it's more like the game's over and the world's going to burn. So, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, <laughs> there's no, there's, there's no solace here. I'm just, um, I just didn't think this, what my, what my life or any of our lives would be like. Right. And nor should there be solace, but here's the hoping Dune 2 will lead us, show us the way to that idyllic future. Yeah. And it's going to be even more boring. That's my prediction. (laughs) Unfortunately. Right. As long as I get my McNuggets, it's fine. Yeah. As long as you play the game, they give you. Max Kaiser has been saying that for years. He's like, you'll get, he's like, in exchange for being on Facebook for long enough, they'll give you a, a pro, you know, a coupon for your protein drink or whatever. And then you can yeah. eat like the casino gulag, he calls it. Um, <laughs> just keep feeding us your data and then you can eat, which the, maybe this is the point of uh, hope is again, like if you follow this to the end, which I hope that that's what we've just done. On the other side of it, you see, like, the proof that this is all bullshit is, like, they're still able to feed everybody, even mm-hmm. though the economy's collapsed. So what does that tell you about the economy? It tells you that it's not based on anything real, which means we really don't actually have to work for this right. thing to function. It's just that the scarcity is enforced. You know, the, the, the points we've been making on the show for a long time, but it's like, we're really at, like, a it's very fascinating that Trump has withdrawn at this moment of collapse when Trump is like the Trump is literally like the, the bet, the only person who could like, um, he exemplifies this. He's world spirit riding on a horse, um, right now. And he's not, he's nowhere to be found because they kicked him off of Twitter. Um, and so like, what that should say to people is like, if, if a clown scares you that much, then this world is not, this world can't sustain itself. Um, and so maybe when I'm saying like that, there's a lot of pain ahead, that's probably true. But also what it could mean is that just, you know, we're all myself included convinced of that by the, the, the way reality is arranged right now, but this can't, this cannot persist. It just, mm-hmm. there's no, there's nothing backing it up. Uh, eventually the capitalists will jump ship on their own game and then try to like pick up the pieces after, but it's like if Blackstone owns literally everything and Blackstone's like a hundred people, somebody's going to figure out those people can be dealt with. I mean, it's just a matter of when, I mean, this, that's what happened in the French revolution in a way. Um, so there, you know, it's still, I guess it's still my same point that like this, insane level of concentration of power is by definition brittle and ossified like you can't control this sort of thing um in such few hands and uh, in the in the way of deregulating everything and having uh you know just in time supply chains like that's not obvious we know now it literally can't function um but like there will be there will be blood it's just a question of like where and when and how and at what scale 
and my yeah i guess so my fear there would just be that it just ends up being very boring uh and people just sort of rescind back into their you know they get ration cards and then they like you know like you said oh they got my got my mcnuggets i guess i can survive another day i mean maybe we're already there in a sense um i just hope it sort of breaks open somehow i just don't see the path forward um and it certainly isn't going to come from the left (laughs) if we learn anything it's that there you go that's a good stopper okay nice stop yeah that was fun was yeah so to the there will be blood point there's a new paul thomas anderson film too coming out i don't know if you're into him or not but oh yeah just the, not the that. pizza one. Oh sure i don't know anything about it but i like his ones with joaquin phoenix um, oh sure the master the master is so good and even the one that nobody saw um inherent vice i really like oh, that yeah i never saw that either yeah Catherine waterson's fucking great in that movie mm. um joaquin phoenix is good it's it's like yeah. funny he's he's actually a better comedic director than like people just like ignore punch drunk love yeah which is spectacular i agree um, so hopefully this new one oh licorice pizza yeah hopefully it's good